saw a video recently of uh, one of these concept cars from Volvo, and what it was was basically it's almost like a little a car frame, but inside of it it was it was just a bed. It had no steering wheel or nothing, and so you, the idea is that it's just going to drive you around one of these self-driving cars while you sleep. They had another one that it was like they had a little some chairs and a little desk so that you could do your work as your car drives you around. Um, I don't know how I feel about getting into one of these things with no steering wheel or brakes or anything like that. Um, but it, what it, it reveals uh, something just about the American mentality of efficiency, that we have all these tools that are supposed to allow us to maximize our time so that we can be the most efficient with our time. Um, I guess with the idea that uh, we would have more free time, what it ends up leading to is that it just gives us more time to do more work. And so we're going from thing to thing to thing with no focus, no intention, no real goal. We're just kind of moving on from one thing to the It's kind of this classic American mentality. And so we have Martha and Mary in the gospel, which is the, the typical example of the Martha who's busy, who's doing all the things. We have Mary who's kind of more of the contemplative side, who's sitting at the feet of the Lord. And the message that, that we, we receive from that is that we need to be less like Martha and more like Mary, right? The life is too busy. We need to slow down and kind of take in more of, 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 each, of each moment of each day, um, which we hear so often, and we all would agree that that's true. Um, and I don't want to undermine that because it's definitely true, but I want to focus on something very particular that, that Martha, a question that Martha asked Jesus in the gospel. I think it's a question that we've all um, either have asked or will ask at some point in our lives. She's in this situation, she's doing all the work, and she asked Jesus, Lord, do you not care? Lord, do you not care that I'm, I'm busy, I have all these things going on? If we kind of apply it to ourselves, and it'd be, Lord, do you not care that I'm, I'm struggling in my faith? Lord, do you not care that I have this struggle with this sin or with this relationship? Lord, do you not care that I feel alone or afraid or that I don't feel your presence? Do you not care? It's a question I think that, that we all have to ask ourselves at some point. Do we really believe that he cares? And if he does care, then why does he allow all this stuff to happen? Why does he allow, this, allow ourselves to even get in this situation in the first place? Something in the second reading that St. Paul said, I think, reveals something about that question. The first sentence that St. Paul said in, in the second reading was that I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. It's usually this experience of suffering of whatever kind that brings us to the point of asking that question. We experience something and we say, Lord, do you not care? Because we're in this situation and it reveals, honestly, it reveals to us either, either the depth or the shallowness of our faith. It reveals to us that answer. As soon as we ask the question, we kind of have a little bit in our heart like, do we really believe that the Lord cares? And so Paul says that, that he rejoices in his sufferings, not for his own sake, but for because he doesn't just love to suffer for suffering's sake. But he rejoices in his suffering because he's convinced of the truth of what Jesus has done in his life and in all of our lives. That he's convinced that whether it's we're talking physical suffering or illness or death, or we're talking about emotional or some kind of psychological suffering, like I think that's what Martha's going through, or spiritual suffering, Whatever it is, Paul is utterly convinced of the fact that Jesus is not just some innocent or observant bystander in the face of that. That what Jesus has done is he's entered into that reality with us through his own suffering, 
and is with us in that, allowing ourselves to unite that suffering with him in a way that continues to bring about our salvation and in the salvation of others. That he's so convinced that he says that it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me, that anything that he experiences, Christ is literally experiencing with him. That he's not just left alone in that, but it's not, it's not just his pain, but it's Christ's pain. And that Christ is suffering with him in that. And so he knows that, and so it gives him an opportunity to rejoice in that, because he knows that in that way, he's experiencing Christ in a new way. So we, we, when we ask that question, Lord, do you not care? We can, we can say that, well, yeah, yes, he does care. He cares so much that he's not just going to stand by and watch it, but he's going to enter into that reality to experience it with us. That suffering is just part, it's part of what it means to live in this fallen world. And so Christ has made it a place to really encounter him and to be with him in, in a special way. And it's important, I think, that he doesn't, he doesn't take away suffering, because if he takes away suffering, then we never ask the question. And if we never ask the question, we're never going to be convinced of the answer. Because the only way that we're going to be convinced of that answer, that of, of, Lord, of if the Lord cares or not, is if we're put in the place to ask the question. So he allows us to ask that question so that he can give us the answer, so that we can be utterly convinced of that answer. And this is something that it's easy to, for me to say, and even for me, difficult to, li to listen to, even more difficult to really believe, and even more difficult to actually live out and integrate into, into our lives. That although Paul, and we, we see that Paul sees it in the second reading, but Martha, she, she struggles with it. She says, Lord, do you not care? And how does Jesus respond to that? Because I think that's, if that's our question, seeing how Jesus responds to that question is incredibly important. He says, Martha, you're anxious and you're concerned about many things. It's not necessarily that she's doing all these things. She could, I think, have served Jesus and done all these things um, without becoming anxious or, and, and worried about them. But he says that you're anxious and concerned about many things. She allows these things to kind of get in the way of what he says. She said there's only need of one thing. There's only one thing that's necessary. One thing. And I think that question that, that, that should arise, that we should kind of focus on when, when, we're, t when we're in these situations, is, is where is the Lord? Because the temptation when we get anxious or worried about these many things is to focus on ourselves, or to focus on all these different realities, but Jesus invites us to focus on the one thing, of where is the Lord in that? How is the Lord living and acting in this concrete situation that I'm experiencing in my life? Because if all that we've said is true, if the Lord does care to enter into that reality like that, then he is acting in some way. He's not, he's not a bystander. He's living and acting in whatever that situation is. And that's why Paul was so convinced of that, that he was able to even rejoice in the sufferings because he knew that God was with him in that in a way that he wouldn't have been able to be with him otherwise. That's what Martha allowed the, the, the distraction, the anxiety, to kind of allow her to forget that, to pull her away from the one thing, to pull her away from that question. Where are you, Lord, in this? I think that's a question that we can never, we can never lose sight of. So how can we, we train ourselves to really continually look at that question? Because I think what we need is we need a vision to look at the things of our lives, 
not just as things that happen in our lives, but to look at them through a little bit of a deeper lens. To say, these aren't just things that are happening to me, but look at them and to say, how is the Lord acting in that situation? So that whatever happens in our life, whether whatever, whatever a crisis, a difficulty, a struggle with a sin, or a fight, or a relationship, whatever it is, these aren't just things that are happening to me, but it's all opportunities for growth. Opportunities that the Lord uses to always draw us closer to himself. He says that all things work to draw us closer to him. And so, the, and so there's, it takes time and it takes a commitment. There's a, a prayer that's kind of developed in the history of the, of the church that's called the, the prayer of examine, an, exa- an examination prayer. And what it does is it gives us, a, a, we, we take an intentional time of really looking at the events of our day, and, and not just um, as, as events, but asking the Lord to grace us with, with this vision of seeing how he was living and acting in each moment of each day. And so it involves us taking the time, number one, to just ask the Lord to be with us, to give us that grace to see that, and then slowly moving, you know, hour by hour your day. And say, what, what particular things, like what, what were the particular joys of that day? What were the particular struggles of that day? And really asking the Lord at each moment, how are you acting? What, how, what were you inviting me to in that moment? Because the only time, we're, the only way that we're going to be able to develop that vision is through, is through fidelity and through consistency. It, that the Lord reveals this and we gain this vision over time. So committing to whether it's at the, the, the end of every day to review the day that just happened. Whether the first thing you do in the day is to review the previous day. At lunchtime, whatever it is, taking the time to really walk with the Lord through your day to develop that vision of, Lord, how are you living and acting in my life? So that when something happens that causes us to ask that question, Lord, do you care? And we ask that question, where are you in this? We can say, that's, that's how you were acting. This is how you were acting in that moment. So that like Paul, we can be utterly convinced and we even rejoice at whatever happens, good or bad, because we know that God is drawing us closer to himself in that. Through, through taking this time of really walking through it with him, to be, to be convinced of the answer to that question. So as we come to this Eucharist today where the Lord is, is going to be really present here, we pray for the grace to really keep that presence with us as we walk out that door, with that present literally in our bodies, we can continue to have that grace to train ourselves to see how he's present every moment of every day. Amen.